Welcome to Authors Are Rockstars, a podcast dedicated to YA lit and rock and music. I'm Allison. And I'm Michelle. And last month, I was lucky enough to go to the American Library Association Conference in Chicago. That's right. It was my first trip to the Midwest, and I was so excited to be in your old stomping grounds, Michelle. Okay, Chicago isn't quite my old stomping grounds. I'm from Wisconsin, but (laughs) I'm glad you were able to visit. Long-time listeners of the podcast may recall that we've had a little debate about (laughs) the size of the Great Lakes and whether or not you can call a lakeshore a beach. So those of you who live in the Midwest will probably be very gratified and justified and everythingified to know that I stand corrected because (laughs) after seeing Lake Michigan, I have to admit... Those are some really big lakes. <laughs> no, not big lakes. Great lakes. So can we officially call it a beach? Yeah, I think you can definitely call it a beach. <laughs> I, This Californian stands corrected. Anyway, I wish you had been there at the conference, Michelle, because it was so much fun. But in your absence, I collaborated with Steve from Circulating Ideas, the Librarian Interview Podcast. And we've worked with him before, but only via Skype. So it was really fun to sit down in person with Steve and interview authors together for another round of Librarians Are Rockstars, the special edition podcast series where we interview authors about their experiences with libraries and librarians. And you couldn't get a better venue for librarians are rock stars than the ALA conference. Exactly. So we have several interviews to share and some of which will be featured on Steve's podcast and some will be featured here on Authors Are Rock Stars. And today we've got an interview with Jean Yang, award-winning author and artist who has actually been a guest on the show before, but again, just like Steve, only via Skype. So it was really great to chat in person at the conference. Steve and I caught up with Jean after his book signing and oh my gosh, let me tell you, the line was probably a few miles long. So we kept our interview brief because Jean already had a lot going on. I can't wait to hear it. But before we get to the interview, let's talk book picks. Mine this month is actually a short story. My husband has me on a big Brandon Sanderson kick, his favorite author, and I read one of his short stories called Legion. Legion is about a genius who has schizophrenia, and his hallucinations each take on different aspects and different skill sets in order to help him solve mysteries. And in this case, he is trying to find a camera that can see through time. It's quick and it's fun, a perfect read for the summer. Oh, that sounds so good. Well, I just finished Rose Under Fire by Elizabeth Ween, which is the sequel slash companion book to last year's Codename Verity, which pretty much blew me away. And oh, it was so good. I'm really waiting for everyone to read this so I can discuss it with them. It comes out in September. It's another riveting World War II historical fiction. It's just really, really incredible. And I was almost afraid to read it because I loved Codename Verity so much that I was afraid this one wouldn't live up, but I loved it just as much in a different way. So everyone, if you've read Codename Verity, put this on your list. You're going to love it too. Consider it added. Well, let's get to the interview with Jean Yang. We are here at the ALA Annual Conference in Chicago with Gene Yang, Prince Award-winning artist and author. His latest work, a two-volume graphic novel set called Boxers and Saints, comes out in September. And you guys, I've read it, and it's awesome, and I'm still thinking about it. I loved it. So, Gene, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. How are you enjoying the conference so far? Or what's it like being surrounded by 20,000 librarians? It's awesome. It's awesome. You know, I came with a friend of mine, Tin Fam. We did a book called Level Up together, mm-hmm. and we started tabling last 
last year at ALA's Artist Alley, and we have decided that this is our favorite conference to come to. It's great because, I mean, we love Comic-Con, don't get me wrong, we love Comic-Con, but here, you know, nobody's ever asking you where the video game booth is. <laughs> Everybody reads, it's awesome, it's amazing. Yeah, great. well, we know you just finished your signing here at the Macmillan booth, and it was a crazy long line, so you know librarians love you. Yeah, it was great, it was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, in addition to being an artist and an author, you are also an educator. So what's your take on the way students are interacting with libraries these days? How, how do you see them using it? Well, I think reading's still a big deal with kids, you know? I think it's important as educators to push it. But I also think that if you find the right gateway, kids will still get addicted to reading. And it might be a little more complex now than it used to be to find that right gateway book. But if you do, that love of reading will blossom, just like it always does. Yes. So your latest work is historical fiction about the Boxer Rebellion? Yes. Taking place in China in the late 1800s and early 1900s. Did you do a lot of research for this? And if you did, did you use libraries for that research? I did. I did. I uh, This is my very Yay. first foray into historical fiction, so I was really nervous about it. I actually got some help getting started on my research with my school librarian. So I work at a high school, and we have an awesome school librarian named Annette Counts. And she got me started. Shout out. <laughs> and then after that, for about a year, every Wednesday night, I would go to our local university library to do research. And I ended I ended my research with a trip to France. There's a Jesuit archive in France, oh, which is a library of sorts, mm -hmm. yeah. containing all these letters and photos from Jesuit missionaries in the late 1800s and early 1900s. And that's cool. how I ended. Yeah. That is awesome. And any excuse to go to France, right? Absolutely. That's it. Absolutely. Like, your book's about China, but you're like, well, I have to go to France. Yes. <laughs> Did you go to China too, though? I did go to China, but not for research. Yeah. Also, any excuse to go to China. <laughs> <laughs> I went for the food ones, just for the food. Oh man! And it delivered. Yeah. All right. I so, it. tell us about the process of writing and drawing Boxers and Saints. It's a two-volume set with an intertwining story. Did you outline it meticulously? How did it all come together? I did. I outlined. I'm an outliner now. When I started comics, I was a discovery writer, or I guess they call them pants writers too, yes. right? Because you're flying by the seat of your pants. <laughs> yeah. But I was a discovery writer, and I, I know there are many amazing writers who can do it. I am not, I can't do it. I, I found that when I was a discovery writer, I would paint myself in the corners. So eventually I started outlining and, and that's how I do all my books now. For Boxers and Saints, I researched for about a year before I even tried to write a story. And after that, I did several iterations of the outline to see how everything would come together. And was American born Chinese, was that back in your discovery writing? No, that was outlined as well. That was outlined as well. So you, you are an advocate for using comics in education. Um, as a librarian, uh, we sometimes encounter parents who want their kids to stop reading comics and start reading something educational. How would you respond to a parent like that? A valid way of using comics is with those reluctant readers as a bridge from media that we watch to media that we read. I think that comics shouldn't be limited to that role, but that's definitely a great place for a parent who might be reluctant to use comics to start. I also think that for that parent, often, you know, if you ask your kid to stop reading comics, they're just going to stop reading. That's not, that's not the way to go. I think a more proactive approach, a more positive approach is to find prose books that dovetail on the comics that your kids are already reading. I remember when I was reading comics as a kid, I learned the word invulnerable just from reading comics. I'd never seen that word before in my life, and that's what I, that, so there's a context like that that kids will pick up words. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember I learned the word skin flint from an Uncle Scrooge <laughs> comic and that showed up on an SAT that I took You're years like, later. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at that. Exactly. Yeah. I got like 10 extra points for it. <laughs> <laughs> Just for reading that comic. Yes. Really, yeah. Like the word educational was definitely, I hope everyone heard the air quotes around that yes, because yes. 
you know, to any parents listening, please, comics are educational, and especially Mr. Yang's Boxers and Saints will teach you a lot about the Boxer Rebellion. So, <laughs> so awesome. We have time for one more question. So, could you tell us how you use libraries as a young Jin Yang? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when I was a kid? Yes. yes. When I was a kid, I loved the library. I absolutely loved it. My parents, I think, took me there once a week. I thought it was because I love books so much, but nowadays when I look back on it, especially now that I'm a parent, I think maybe they just wanted a break, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> they could just let me wander and I would, I would leave them alone for, uh, uh, you know, a couple of hours. Good strategy. I, yes. I think just like every other kid, I use the library to learn about other worlds, other people's lives. And I really think that because of my experiences with the library, I became a storyteller. I love that. That's so inspirational. And thank you for the stories that you tell. It's, yes. You're definitely opening up other worlds for now the kids who are picking up your books. So well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on the show again. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was great. Gosh, that was a great interview. I wish I could have been there. Well, thanks to Gene and his publisher for a second, and Steve for joining us on this podcast today. So listeners, be sure to keep an eye out for Boxers and Saints hitting bookstores in September, and we will catch you again soon with another Authors Are Rockstars! Rockstars.